Um, so Sam, where are we right now? We are in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friend and social media coordinator, Kira Page, is about half a foot away from me. Hi. Kira helped us with a workshop that we're going to be giving in Boston in the next month. If you're in the greater Boston area on October 13th to 15th, I believe, David? Uh, 13th and 14th. Check us out. We're going to be at Smith's and Tufts. Uh, we've also been harassing Noam Chomsky to do an interview, so we might be at MIT. We should say that the workshop that we are giving is sort of about naming and deconstructing what we see as the current hegemonic framework for understanding anti-Semitism. And? And how it fails us. And what alternatives we can build. Oh, yeah. I think we're actually going to be close to Connecticut, so if you're in Connecticut area, also maybe come check it out. I've yet to look at a map. Cannot vouch for this. <laughs> All right, David, did you see the article I sent you the other day from Hards? The one, the one about uh, the one about Tupac Shakur. It's pretty amazing. I mean, do you possibly describe the three paragraph uh, article from Hards for the listeners? Uh, warning to everyone listening, we're about to get into wingnut territory. Apparently, in the '80s and '90s, the Jewish Defense League was in the practice of threatening famous rappers and then trying to get them to buy into a protection racket. Guy would like to see some background, but there was reference made to the fact that possibly they were behind Tupac's murder. Yeah, so for all the reasons that we hate the JDL, apparently another one is that they might have killed Tupac. Yeah. Conspiracy theory of the day. Yeah. You got any other fun news? Um, no, only horrible, devastating news about how the world we live in is slowly destroying itself and all of us with it. Wait, is this the uh, NCIV corner of the podcast? I mean, hopefully not. Uh, maybe we should move on to more positive things. Certainly. Um, for people who have listened to the show in the past, we often profile podcasts, often Jewish radical related, that we think are important and that you should listen to. And friend of the show, Dan Blacksburg, recently put out a podcast called Radiant Others. Um, I believe there are about three or four podcasts in now. And we chatted with him about his new record, the podcast that he's putting out, and some of the ideas behind it. Yeah, and for, for people who don't know Dan, he's a renowned klezmer and experimental musician. And so the podcast is him having conversations with other musicians, sort of letting people of a younger generation who are really interested in the milieu have access to it and, and learn a lot of the stories um, that he's learned over the years of spending time with all these people. Uh, so without further ado, here's our talk with Dan. Hi, my name is Dan Blacksburg, and I'm a trombonist and composer and teacher and all sorts of musical activity stuff living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and recently... I launched a new podcast called Radiant Others, a klezmer music podcast, to share sort of intimate conversations or casual conversations with other klezmer musicians and people in the klezmer world. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. I understand that you're under the weather. Uh, that makes two of us. We're operating at 66% of the room is sick right now, so, um, but, th- uh-huh. but thank you so much. Of course. It's a pleasure to be connected with you. I really enjoyed listening to the podcast and just getting to know you guys better. Yeah, it was quite fortuitous. I think that's the right word when we met at uh, the JVP conference a couple months ago. It was really nice I to think so. Yeah, it was really nice to meet in that massive hall. 
getting to the topic at hand, you have a new podcast. You described a little bit about it in, in your introductory spiel. Can you describe where the idea came from? How did you, how did you get the podcast started? Well, I think I was really inspired by listening to a podcast that's run by a, a clarinet player in New York named Jeremiah Zimmerman called the 5049 Podcast, where he really sits down with musicians who are in the experimental world and just they just talk. So that's one side in terms of what the podcast itself sounds like. Uh, in terms of actually doing something in the klezmer world, I've been a part of the klezmer world since the beginning of college, and I started playing professionally about 10, 11 years ago. And sometime, maybe about three or four years ago, uh, there's, there's a pianist named Pete Sokolow, who is in his late 70s, who well, he called himself the youngest of the old guys. <laughs> and so I sort of had this realization as I was entering my 30s that that generation of old guys, Pete is still with us, but the people he was talking about had mostly passed on, and that I felt kind of a little bit like a youngest of the old guys. It just made me feel like these stories were precious and useful, and I wanted to figure out a way to share them with people, sort of the backstage hang. And I think, you know, probably most of your listeners, but people in general, I think, know you through your music uh, and, and also through the klezmer scene. And part of the way that we originally met was through Jewish Voice for Peace and, and sort of a, a network that emerged from it. And I'm sort of wondering when when that happened for you, like when you became more politicized in relationship to your Jewish identity and, and in relationship to being a musician. Well, I'll say it's an ongoing process because I did not come music with any kind of an activist background or upbringing in particular, I would say. But this has all been happening very, very, very fast. You know, I think the way that I see it is people in the activist community, I don't, you know that Jewish Voice for Peace is really active in West Philadelphia where I live. People have been sort of coming up to me and saying, we want more Jewish culture that's not related to Israel-Palestine that's really related to a diaspora Jewish culture. And so they kind of found me, and I've just been doing this whole thing for a while, <laughs> maybe going like, oh, I don't really know where to put my feelings about what's happening in the world. And it's kind of all come together since the beginning of this year in a lot of ways. And I'm really excited to be along for the ride. I think the people I've met have been wonderful, and they make me feel like like I can learn a lot and move myself in really interesting directions. And uh, I'm really happy to provide this music and this culture for as much as I can to that world. It's so interesting because we talked a little bit on the phone a couple months ago and then uh, following the meetup at JVP. And you talked about a tension that exists in terms of engaging with the culture of klezmer and the culture of Yiddish art. It's clearly like an Ashkenaz kind of history, and, and we're all on the page of trying to decenter that history while at the same time acknowledging that a lot of it is lost. Yeah, being in a place like the National Members Meeting at JVP and hearing really strong, powerful statements from Mizrahi and Sephardi and non-Ashkenazi Jewish voices and just realizing how much that connects to anti-racism or other kinds of work in the U.S. in general uh, made me feel, and I know I'm not alone in this, made me feel super weird about being an Ashkenazi, white Ashkenazi culture worker, because there's both this sense of, I really have to like figure out how to get out of the way, 
And then this other sense of like, personally, that's like, there's so much, so many resources in the history of Yiddish culture and klezmer music that I think are useful in terms of pushing back against a sort of central narrative of loss that pervades everything that it's still really important to me to get this stuff out there. And then, I don't know, this is the part where I don't really understand yet, but maybe using those kind of experiences of reclaiming our past as sort of abstract tools that then we can, you know, help other people with or take offer up in the public and then take a step back. So it's a really, really hard position to navigate. And I think that all of us, really have to figure out how to have strong relationships with each other so that when we inevitably mess up around this kind of stuff, which we're going to a lot, we can figure out how to like remain connected and move forward together towards the kind of situations we want to see in the world. Does that make sense? Uh, totally. Certainly. Uh, there are a group of people I know who have been holding a series of conversations about what it means to engage in indigenous solidarity. And mm -hmm. a lot of the questions that are being asked is like, where are you coming from and what are you bringing to this work? And a lot of those questions get into these sorts of histories for people. And there's an element of this type of cultural work that I think is really relevant to those questions about having a, a sense of clarity about where you're coming from and be able to also then more effectively own the ways that you are positioned. Right. That's what it seems like to me. I think the way our fears and our, our worries sort of get onto us is like it takes all these real world understandings and kind of gloops them all together and that you can't really tell what's what. And then you're really susceptible to easy answers that usually oppress somebody. So, you know, the more that we can kind of separate out and sort of slice up and have a really clear understanding of where we come from and what that history is. And that seems to be where klezmer music has fit in for a lot of people, maybe more from just a cultural standpoint. Today, it seems like there's a little bit of a resurgence of interest in this stuff. And it's pretty exciting for me to sort of be around and watch that happen. I mean, in listening to your, your show, it kind of reminds me of, like, I, I grew up in the punk scene. I didn't grow up in the klezmer music scene. And I listened mm -hmm. to this podcast. It has a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm not necessarily endorsing it. But I, I listened to this podcast called Turned Out a Punk. Uh, it's hosted by Damien from the band Fucked Up. And mm -hmm. it has a, a similar format where he has these punk musicians on and has these hour or two long conversations just it kind of like lets you in onto the world if you don't have access to that where you live mm. and i'm wondering if that was sort of the goal for you of, of letting people in on a milieu that they wouldn't otherwise be in i think i had some very selfish goals and then i just sort of wanted to get a better understanding of what happened when this music was sort of becoming what it is from what it was but that is absolutely one of the main goals of the podcast. It's, it's a way in. You need, people need to feel really inspired in order to sort of get in, make this music part of their lives. And one of the ways that I find that's really inspiring was hearing the histories and the stories of the people who were doing it and who were already inspiring me for their music. It's just really great to hear people with that much understanding of something and passion talk about it. But definitely I wanted people to really be able to feel that kind of feelings that I felt when I was sort of invited to join this community as a professional trombone player. Uh, before we let you go, I know you're always coming out with new music. Uh, is there anything that you have out right now that people can listen to? Yes. I am releasing an album on 
September 29th that's also called Radiant Others. It has the same name of the podcast that is a set of original and traditional klezmer music for trombone. And it's also, as far as I know, the first full album of klezmer music featuring trombone as the lead instrument. So you can check that out at danblacksburg.bandcamp.com slash radiantothers or through my website, danblacksburg.com. And I hope you'll check it out and pick up a copy. Well, then, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I wish you the best with the podcast, and I hope everybody checks it out. Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome, and always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Trafe Podcast is Sam Bick and David Zinman. A huge thanks to CKUT 90.3 FM, where we normally record this podcast under the shadow of the giant cross of secularism on occupied Ganyakahaga territory. Thanks, as always, to Kira Page, our social media consultant. Hi. To Cadence O'Neill for designing TrafePodcast.com. Who's also in the house. To Claire Hertig, our minister of design. And to Ariana Katz, the Trafe staff rabbi. And a musical thank you to Josh Dolgan, a.k.a. So-Called, and to Sack Syndrome. You can follow us on social media at Treyf, T-R-E-Y-F, and you can send comments, suggestions, etc. to treyfpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you in two weeks. Fire in whole bed, he's left. Bagala, who is my grave? Vimru. Vimru.